Welcome to the DermVet Podcast. I'm Dr. Ashley Bourgeois, a board-certified veterinary dermatologist practicing in Portland, Oregon with animal dermatology clinics. I'm also a mom of two, just trying to find the balance like everyone else. Let's learn to ditch the itch, cytology, everything, and make derm more fun than frustrating. When I'm considering what to record for the podcast or what topics to discuss, I really like to make them real life in the clinics, completely relatable. So I wanted to make an episode kind of going over a case I actually just saw today in the clinic and the importance of really working with the owner and seeing what they are or are not able to do. And the example I have for you today is an older dog who has a chronic history of allergies and was recently adopted like four or five months ago um, by the current owner because the previous owner had actually passed. And so this owner was so wonderful and lovely, but, you know, obviously only knew so much as far as history of the dog um, and by looking at the medical records and only knowing so much of the temperament of the dog. So this dog had been seen recently um, by a few different veterinarians. And essentially one of the difficult parts is this dog has chronic allergies um, and has become extremely pruritic, like has a history of being pruritic, but has just catapulted its pruritus even since the owner has had this dog the last, you know, four to six months. And so what's written kind of over and over again in the record is owner is unable to medicate the dog unable to give oral medications. And, you know, we certainly know that can be true, right? I've definitely had my own, especially cats, but some dogs um, who have a history of not wanting to take oral medications. But I sat there and kind of talked to the owner and really discussed things. And essentially this dog had been managed with things that are completely appropriate to manage a dog. Side appointment when needed makes sense. Great anti-itch therapy for allergies, plus obviously something that does not have to be given orally at home. Um, And then convenia, because cytology had been done, so that was very exciting. Convenia had been given because there had been some pyoderma identified. No follow-up as far as rechecking it, but convenia had been given, which is completely appropriate. And then Claro, because the pet had had notitis, again, completely appropriate and all wonderful therapies that could be utilized in these, especially in these situations where a pet notoriously does not, is not able to be medicated at home, but the pet is not responding. So all of a sudden that should be a concern when we're giving, you know, a good broad spectrum antibiotic, right? It's convenient as a cephalosporin, giving good quality medication for anti-itch like Cytopoint, but not responding. And so part of the issue I saw on the dog today was there was a little bit of yeast on the skin, but there is still a coccybacteria. So clearly I am very concerned that the pet is simply has a a resistant infection that a cephalosporin will not be able to manage. So I talked to the owner and there's a couple of options that we really discussed. And this is where I want to make sure we take the time to really think about, well, what is the issue? What has been tried? If someone says, well, I can't do oral medications. Do we just say, okay, we can never try oral medications again. 
So a couple ideas that we kind of discussed, the owner had previously done some compounded liquid medication that didn't really seem to go well. That is something that I often will offer owners in these situations is the ability to compound certain things like say oral steroid. Um, the doctor already had injectable steroid and didn't really seem to respond to that either, but either oral medications that are able to be compounded, there are, are some that are very limited or can be very variable if they're compounded but certainly trying to compound medications and trying a completely wide array of different flavorings. Cause all of a sudden you can try four or five and land on one that the pet does really well with. The other thing I asked was how were medications given historically? And of course this owner has some limited knowledge, right? Because she hasn't only had the dog so long. And she said, you know, originally when I got the dog, the dog seemed upset and nervous because all of a sudden had lost its previous owner and was with a new owner in a new home and wasn't eating great anyway. But then I found out that she loved to eat ribs, like small amounts of rib meat. Um, but then of course I knew that wasn't healthy for her long-term. So then we moved on to dog food, but now she's actually eating that quite well. So again, it's readdressing that, right? Like historically, if I just looked in the record, it was, will not take oral meds, will not take oral meds. But then really talking to the owner, it seems like the pet has been maybe a bit better about eating certain meta or eating food and maybe open to taking medications. I also didn't assume that the owner is not willing to try, right? So we talked about some options like, okay, if she liked the rib meat, but we're back on kibble now, what if we just reserve like the, what I call the fun foods for when she needs to take medication? So what we're going to try to do is utilize tablets. And luckily we can use like some smaller size tablets to treat the yeast and to potentially try a different, um, steroids. Cause this dog really needs it right now with how miserable it is. Um, but she was really willing to try because we talked about all the variety of food she could try and just using small amounts to not risk things like pancreatitis, but that maybe utilizing small amounts of tablets in those more fun foods would have a better experience. And then following up the one that's given with the medication with one that's not so that the pet gets excited and eats it. I've also had owners do this with things like small amounts of cream cheese. Um, so things that are more unique than say pill pockets, if those are not effective, but just another method that they can give. So really working with the owner, how have you tried to give oral medications? Another example is there's a bit of a concern that this pet could actually have something like scabies because it got acutely itchy and it's kind of itchy all over with a high itch level and not responding to cytopoint steroids, things of that nature. Um, but in Brevecto has been given in the past, but that's what the record said. Talking to the owner, she actually had never given it because she was kind of confused exactly what was supposed to be administered at home. So going back to oral medications, they even tried like a topical version of Brevecto, but she had forgotten to do the topical and the oral. So she had been so overwhelmed by what was going on with the dog and kind of the new ownership that those basic things, was this given? Have you given it at home? Did we try the topical? It had been ordered, but she actually never picked it up, the topical form of Brevecto. And then another veterinarian sent home an oral version, but she hadn't given it yet. So those are things that are really important to do. And we offered, even offered, if she does continue to struggle to give oral meds, that she can bring the pet in because Brevecto is only every three months that we can try to, you know, give that pill in the clinic for her just to provide some ease if she does end up struggling with something like that Brevecto chewable tab. But there's just all these options that we can really utilize for her. 
the kind of other thing I want to talk about is, you know, yes, of course, all these different ways we can give medications. You can utilize the tablets and fun foods. You can compound them into, you know, fun liquid flavors if we're able to. You know, we kind of wore out the injectable route as far as the more immediate things we could give to relieve the infection and relieve the itch associated with allergies. But the other thing that we actually discussed when we started talking about topical therapy, she's like, Oh, I can bathe this dog. No problem. It was a smaller dog. The dog doesn't mind baths. The owner's retired. She didn't mind at all though. Looking at how overwhelmed she was, it would have been really easy to sit there and think, Oh, she's not going to bathe this dog. So I said, I looked at her and I said, well, could you bathe this dog every single day? She goes, Oh, no problem. So we're actually, so we collected a culture of the skin today because I am a bit worried about a resistant infection, either potentially a methicillin resistant staph pseudintermedius. But in the meantime, while we're waiting for those culture results to limit how many oral things we're giving, I'm having her bathe with a 4% chlorhexidine, trischlor 4, once a day while we wait for those culture results. So I'm hopeful that no matter what we need to do, if we do find a way that this pet can take oral meds, um, if that's what's needed, that hopefully we'll have a week to give the other medications and see if we can find a way that this pet will take meds, whether it is through a little bit of, you know, pork, rib meat, uh, cream cheese, whatever works for that owner. But I'm also really hopeful that if she's that committed to bathing this pet, you know, once a day, that maybe we'll control a lot of this pyderma topically and we won't need to add another oral medication in any way. So I think when we see some of these histories of can't give oral medications, you know, non-compliant, all these things that we have a tendency to jump, right? We have a tendency and I'm guilty as charged of this, uh, as this, especially, you know, back in the day when it'd be really easy, but to kind of judge or think, oh, there's no way they'll do this. There's no way they'll go for this. There's no way they'll, you know, spend this money on a culture. There's no way they'll do this elaborate lab work but you practice enough, you really learn that you never know. And so, you know, I would have not, if I had had to bet money, had guessed that this person would be totally fine to bathe every single day, but she absolutely was. In fact, she was excited to, because she was like, oh, I thought I could overbathe the dog. And I'm like, at this point, you cannot overbathe your dog because of how, you know, much the pet is itchy and we're struggling to control this pyoderma. So we're able to bathe this pest once a day, but still try other options to manage the other infection, the itch, and kind of regroup in a week and really see how things are going. But I think it's just a really good reminder to work with owners. I always talk about offense, not defense. So instead of going in defensive, like, how could you not medicate this dog? You're going to make my life impossible. There's no way I can help your dog. It's like, well, what have you tried? What are the options? What are you willing to do? Oh, you, they're actually eating better now because they're more comfortable. Well, what if we tried to do this? What if instead of the compounded liquid that you tried in the past that didn't work, what if we utilize smaller tablets, but we give it in fun foods? You know, she had tried pill pockets, those didn't work, but then she kind of gave up after that. So we talked about here's some other options you can utilize, little fun things that you can give the pills in. Um, you know, oh, you're willing to bathe every day. Great. Let's try to bathe every day while we wait for those culture results. When they are available, let's touch base and see how things are going. Maybe we can just control this with bathing completely. Maybe at that point we figured out what works. So we can utilize a oral antibiotic if we need to. Um, But this owner was all in and it was just a wonderful reminder of how frustrating these dermatology cases can be, but it's also frustrating for that owner 
and pets are pets. You know, we have to be willing to accept that they're going to provide us some challenges, um, that they're going to take, some are going to be great at taking some things. Some are not owners are going to provide their own challenges, depending on what they're able to do at home and what their bandwidth is. But just ask why, like, what have you tried? What is the barrier? What is really the step that's preventative for us accomplishing, giving a medication or getting better? And even if it's still difficult to find an answer, it just really opens people up that you care enough to ask instead of just assuming, well, I guess we're just going to do convenience side appointment forever, even though those don't really seem to be working in this particular case. So I hope that's helpful just from a clinical aspect. Like I said, I just saw this case today and it was just a really great reminder for me of really sitting down and working through these steps because I would love if I get most of my pyodermas to bathe every day and I could minimize the use of antibiotics. Um, but that had never even been utilized that much in this pet. So I'm really hopeful that we'll make a difference in this pet that will figure things out and provide some relief. But I also just got to end my day because my last appointment of the day, I got to end my day just really, really happy because this owner was very happy that I just listened looked for options, you know, didn't give up and just try the same thing. And we'll hopefully see if that's going to be effective for this case long-term. So I hope that's helpful for you in that kind of client communication aspect. It is so, so important in Durham because as we know, so much of dermatology is just that relationship with the client. So we can help the pet collecting history and just seeing what is possible.